Welcome to Heat Check Live. I am your co-host, Michael Benjamin, joined tonight by VSP Tallman. Tallman, how you feeling, man? What's up, Mr. Benjamin? Feeling good. Feeling like Fat Darrell Revis walking across the Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame field this afternoon. You know, you're gonna get out there and sing the national anthem like Demarcus Ware too. <laughs> hey, I've heard you oh. sing. At least you can keep it in tune, but. No, no, no. He he did way better than me, man. I couldn't. Well, first of all, props to him for standing in front of you know thousands and thousands of people. But ah, man, it was okay for a football player. It was good, okay. But that. man, it was just like I was like, man, how many people are watching him do this right now? It was, it was it was not good. But then you know, let's give him some props. At least. It, it's got to be <laughs> nerve wracking to say the least. And like you said, props yeah. to him for getting out there and actually having the balls to do it. But you know, first and foremost, I got to say thank you for everybody for joining us, watching back on the playback on YouTube, listening on podcast streaming services. Make sure you leave a like and subscribe to our page here at Valley Sports Plug on YouTube and Facebook. You can also find us on all other socials at AZ underscore VSP. A little bit different one tonight, Tallman. We were talking in the group chat. This is actually our first ever stream, just you and me. I've done plenty hey. of stuff with Chris. You know, we do pass the outlet. We've done our son's recaps and whatnot. So I'm excited. I'm ready to have some fun. And Chris gets the pass. He's doing the future husbandly duties. It is Sabrina's birthday. So shout out, Sabrina. We love you. Hopefully you're having a great day. Shout but out, Sabrina. Tallman, you ready to get into it, man? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I think Why the not? first thing we got to start off with is literally happening in the next three minutes at 6.05 p.m. The pursuant to ARS 38-431.03. It's a review of assignments of ASU President Michael Crow and University of Arizona President Robert Robbins. They're looking for possible legal advice and discussion regarding university athletics. We've heard a lot of things already. It sounds like a move to the Big 12 could vote early as tomorrow. And sounds like Utah could possibly be joining them. And first and foremost, I just got to ask you, Tom, how are you feeling about both of the Arizona schools possibly heading out of the Pac-12? I feel good about it. Um, I mean, you didn't want to see them, especially ASU, because, you know, who cares what they do down there in Tucson? Um, that was a shot at you. Um, you didn't want to sit there and see them, you know, uh, die with the ship, sink with the ship. You know, you didn't want to see them sink with the Pac-12 because it's, it's going down. It's going away. I mean, it, especially if um, those three teams you just mentioned are on their way out with UCLA and USC, it's it's done. It's over. Um, I think it's a good thing. I This whole Apple TV thing where I think it was they were coming up with, and this was just ballpark depending on uh, subscriptions, like 18 million to 24, 25 million a year per program based off what you would get on that TV deal through Apple, it just sounded crazy. Um, so props to them. Uh, my biggest fear was seeing, uh, again, I say props to them like it's going to happen. We don't know, but it seems like it's going to happen, right? Uh, but the biggest fear was the possibility of uh, ASU and U of A splitting up, going into different conferences. So it's good that it sounds like they're going to be following each other because – I don't know about you, but that territorial cup is always something we look forward to every single year. Cause yeah, maybe we're having a, well, you, you know how the ASU football <laughs> seasons have gone in the past. It gives us something to look forward to. That rivalry is so special. Um, I was afraid that was going to go away or not be as special. So, but Hey, what's crazy. I can't believe it's actually happening. I think you hit it nail on the head, man. If, U of A would have left for the Big 12 and left ASU kind of stranded. I think that would have just been a detriment to Arizona. I think I was saying that kind of on one of our last streams or the last heat check podcast in person that we had. I mean, like you said, the Territorial Cup has been around since 1899. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's just tradition that shouldn't be broken. And I love what they're doing with the Arizona Board of Regents basically coming in together. And it sounds like both schools are on the same page where it's like, 
hand in hand, they're going together. And I love it, man. The Pac-12 has really just drugged their feet way too long. And these schools with already, like you said, the Apple TV nonsense that's coming in, which is kind of a first like true option that we've seen over the past year that they've trying to been working through this all of 2023. It's it, it's it's making these teams ready to move. Right. And so, like we already said, sounds like Utah might be another interested party to go to the Big 12, uh, which would make sense because they would have a travel partner in BYU. Uh, but the domino effects are falling now because now we're hearing that possible moves from Washington and Oregon going to the Big Ten. So that's going to mean that Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State are really stuck kind of with uh, their meat in their hand, to say the least, <laughs> trying to figure out what possibilities they can do and what conferences they can put together from that. You know, I'm hearing maybe a Mountain Pack conference with, you know, some Mountain West schools like Boise State, San Diego State, and some other West Coast schools. But I think my favorite thing about the possibility of the move for Arizona and Arizona State specifically is going to the Big 12 in regard to basketball. Their conference is really strong within basketball. And that's one place that I would really love to see Arizona State take that next level. I mean, Bobby Hurley has been around for a long time now. And if you can play in a strong basketball conference, you can start getting more eyes on your team and have better recruits. So what are your thoughts kind of on that, Tallman? And what are you most excited about with possibility of moving to the Big 12? Uh, first, I would say, what is the TV deal going to look like? are we actually going to be able to watch an ASU game? You know, like remember how tough it was. You would even go to a bar and they'd be like, no, we don't have Pac-12 network. Like what are you guys doing? <laughs> so that, I, I think that's the biggest thing, just getting out of the Pac-12. And it's so sad because the Pac-12 used to be so, you know, one of the, one of the power conferences too. Um, but you made a good point with the basketball. I, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I'm always just, Oh, let's think about football. Let's think about football. Uh, but looking at some of those, I just pulled up the list. So yeah, there you go. I'm looking at the exact same thing. Look yep. at you go. Um, looking at some of those basketball programs, you're throwing in U of A and obviously ASU is not really on that level, but man, that would be, that would make for some, some good TV, some good entertainment if you ask me. So I was going to say what I started with, but actually I'm going to say what that basketball scene is going to look like in the big 12 or shit. It's going to be the big 20 after it's all said and done. Right. <laughs> My goodness. Like it. Yeah. But, um, also, I was seeing a note because you were saying travel partner with the BYU. I was seeing a note that Utah doesn't want to be in a conference with BYU. And obviously, we're not big on the Utah sports here. We don't know what's going on, but I don't know if there's some type of what that rivalry is, right? Excuse me, what that rivalry is like or what beef they got. But I don't know. I saw a headline that Utah isn't answering their phone calls and all this other shit. I don't mean to spring a subject <laughs> on you. But just just uh, keep that in mind, listeners. Well, you know, I could think of a couple of reasons maybe why BYU and Utah aren't the greatest of friends, but I'm definitely not going to dive into that. But, you know, I'm just looking at this list as far as basketball wise. You got some perennial powerhouses over the past couple of years, man. Cincinnati, Houston, you always have to include Kansas. I mean, Oklahoma State had some good runs and has been pretty good as well. You know, going back to their number one overall pick with Cade Cunningham, you always got to count in Texas. And we already kind of have a semi-built-in maybe rivalry on the ASU side with TCU in that great matchup that they had this past season um, in the tournament. So, I'm man, I really, really hope that this thing gets figured out and that both Arizona and ASU find a way to jump ship because this thing is just sinking faster than we could have ever imagined, man. But any last thoughts on the possible movements to the Big 12? Uh, I got barking dogs. I'm going to let you stretch it. I'm done with the thoughts. <laughs> Sorry. That's all good, man. Hey, life is moving as we know. I just got a new cat. Good thing is he is chilling right here, just laying. So, all right. Big 12, here we come. We'll find out soon enough. Sounds like possibly tomorrow. 
With that being said, we got to move on to our other team in Arizona that is currently still playing and has been struggling, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Once again, they drop another heartbreaker today to the San Francisco Giants and lose the series 3-1. to one. And it's tough, man. We know we had we had thoughts about Brandon Fought and his performances, but the past two outings have not been bad, either than the back-to-back-to-back Jacks against the Reds, right? We know that. But today, seven innings pitched, only two hits, and he dis- only gives up one run, but that ends up being, being it for him because the Diamondbacks couldn't muster anything as we get shut out 1-0 to zero behind six San Francisco pitchers who get the shutout today. Oy vey. Tallman, I just got to get your thoughts over the past couple of weeks, you know, since the All-Star break. And we're going to get into the trades that we're seeing a little bit more. We did talk about it a little bit on our Diamondbacks recap that just dropped yesterday. So make sure you guys are tuning into that. Once again, shout out to Chris Patrick with that edit. Appreciate you, brother. But, man, what's going on with these Diamondbacks, Tallman? Yeah, um, man, I was surprised by that. Brandon fought start today. I thought he pitched incredibly well. Um, I mean, what he only gave up one home run, right? Just one run. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was a home run. Though. Was it a homer? Oh, okay. I was being a being an asshole. Um, well, it's better than three, right? Yeah, oh yeah, three in a row, right? Shoot, um, that was that was promising. That was promising to see. Um, even uh, the guy uh, Sassoni, Ciccone, Jabroni. Um, <laughs> uh, yesterday he went, he didn't do too bad. He gave his team a chance to win the game. Uh, yesterday, I think he only pitched four and four and a third. I think, um, you know, Tori Lavello out there with the very, very short leash for those, uh, young guys making their first appearance, but man, this, we were talking about it too, how this, this four game series against the giants was just going to be so crucial where we were saying, I don't think a split would do it. We need to win or we need to sweep them to really build that momentum and build that gap with them because we're running out of time. And obviously we know how, how it went. Uh, we, we lost some very close winnable games to the giants. The giants being another team that are struggling mightily offensively, just like the diamondbacks where we, we could have pulled off all these wins. I think uh, not today, obviously, because we didn't score a run, but the last two games um, on Wednesday and Tuesday, we we had the lead. And again, we blew that lead. I'm not going to try to, you know, sit here and figure out why we blew that, that lead. But uh, I don't know. I don't know about you, man, but the, the offense have just been so flat. Um, Christian Walker has been slumping. I've seen a little dip from Carroll here and there. Uh, Marte, Couple, the last couple games, he's been pretty steady. But then, of course, you got Gurriel jumping out, getting hits when it seems like nobody else can get a hit. It's, I don't know. And then you have those good pitching outings. Again, another Zach uh, Zach Gallon outing where you couldn't pull off the win. The last four Zach Gallon starts, we've lost every single one of those games. So our ace goes out, and we go 0-4 in his last four starts, which is just, you can't do that. This was That was something this team was capitalizing on in the beginning of the season where I think you mentioned um, or no, maybe it was, it was Chris, but he said, Gall- what's gallon on the year? 11 and five. It sounds about right. Yeah. He's stuck at <laughs> 11 wins. He's been stuck at 11, yeah. I think for a, a month and a half now, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. Right. So what we were doing at the beginning of the year, this team was going out and winning every one of those games that he started. So it's great to get that jolt into the team where every five days you go out and you're going to win that game no matter what. And it's, I don't know. It, I, I don't feel the energy. Um, I, I know we're going to, we're going to go on to the trade deadline here, but I mean, that's really what I've been seeing the last couple of weeks. It doesn't seem like we're watching the same baseball team. I, I don't see the fight there. I don't see the scrappiness that this team had, you know, a month and a half ago, two, two months ago. Yeah, it seems like the Rallybacks nickname has kind of died, you know, ever since <laughs> July. We haven't been anywhere close to really giving ourselves enough opportunities to truly get back in games. Like you said, man, the bats have just been struggling. 
We haven't scored more than three runs over the past seven games. And we've only won one series since the All-Star break. And we've dropped five. I know it's been a little bit better of competition when you talk about Cincinnati, who's fighting for a wild card, and San Francisco as well, who's fighting for the NL West at this point. But, I mean, some of these teams, like we talked about, to, to drop that series against the St. Louis Cardinals was just horrific. And we've seen some of the late-game bullpen antics once again that continue to plague this team. But I, I, we got to get into the trade deadline because, you know, like we were talking about on, on my end, my number one guy that I wanted to see and I thought is going to be the best addition was Paul Seawald. But he hasn't even gotten an opportunity to freaking pitch yet. And, Tallman, I'm just – I know that basically based off the moves that we were seeing this year, it seemed like it wasn't going to be our year, right? Like we didn't trade away huge assets. We we played it safe, it seemed like. We tried to get in some guys for the bullpen help, but we haven't seen them pitch just yet. I mean, I don't know if that was because they're not called up just yet, but definitely for Seawald, he hasn't had the opportunity to close a game. And some of our other guys are just kind of trying to fill in and figure out what their real position is going to be with this team. But, I mean, the Diamondbacks are now six games out of the NL West. And if we continue at this pace, before you know it, the San Diego Padres are going to jump ahead of the Diamondbacks and we're going to be in fourth place. If you would have told me that was going to happen at the beginning of June, I would have told you I was crazy and I would have put all my money against you. But... We know there's ebbs and flows to the MLB season, but this is just a really tough one to see, man. Okay. With that being said, rant over. Let's go ahead and take a look at what the Diamondbacks did do at the trade deadline. They did make some moves. And first and foremost, like I said, they received relief pitcher Paul Seawald from the Seattle Mariners for outfielder Dominic Canzone, infielder Josh Rojas, and infield prospect Ryan Bliss. We also got Jace Peterson from the Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma. I got the Big 12 on my mind. Uh, from the Oakland Athletics uh, for double-A pitcher Chad Patrick and cash considerations. Chris said it was addition by subtraction as the Diamondbacks traded Andrew Chafin to the Brewers for right-handed pitcher Peter Strzelecki. And we also got veteran outfielder Tommy Pham from the New York Mets for a low-level prospect. I know we talked about it on the recap, Tolman, but how are you feeling overall about the moves that the Diamondbacks made? I mean, obviously, they're, they're safe moves. Um, are they better after the, the deadline? Yes, it, they're a better team. I mean, even if they just did the Paul Seawald move, they're a better team than they were before, right? Um, but very safe. I mean... We knew this coming in. We we saw this coming from a mile away. This this front office is going to figure out a plan to get better slightly without tearing down or giving up all these assets, tearing down this farm system that they've created over the last couple of years. So it was a very safe appro approach to the deadline, and I I think they did a a decent job. And it's easy to sit here as a fan and. You know, I mean, I've, I've said it multiple times. I I think it's just being an Arizona sports fan, but I'm just so impatient. It's like, just do it. Do it now. Figure it out. Get better. You know, win, win some games. Give us something to cheer about, right? Where's our dynasty? Where do we get to, you know, be a contender every single year? It's always up, down, up, down, this roller coaster of Arizona sports. So I get that. I'm impatient, whatever, you know. Um and that's, I guess that's not how, that's not how you build a team. So they had a, they had that approach to it. And I mean, they knew going in this year was going to be kind of that transition year. You know, how can we build that culture and um, get this young core playing together and, and meshing together? And they did exactly that. I mean, if, if you would have run back the clock a year ago, you know, August 3rd, 2022, and you would say, Hey, Hey Cody, at the uh, at the All Star break, the D backs would be you know twelve games over five hundred. I don't know, I don't remember what they were. You know, we'd be sitting here like, yeah, we'll take that. What do you mean at the All Star break? So right now, it's it, this season's already a success, of course, and unless they take a deep dive and you know we lose 
every game of the season, but I mean, you can already sit here and that front office is looking at it as how can we still make a move at the deadline, be somewhat aggressive without giving up all these, these pieces that we're going to need in the future to be an even better team next year or two years out. So I think they did good. And I think you have the best and perfect perspective to have there, right? I, I totally agree with you as sports fans specifically arizona fans man we get impatient we're talking about a city and a state that hasn't had a world championship in what 22 years now and we only have one so <laughs> i think we're allowed a little bit of discretion to be impatient and not to go just to another sport but you look at what happened with the suns for the past decade before their success that really started after the bubble i mean to go through that much turmoil for that long really puts a strain on your fan base. And it's just something that you cannot do, but you also have the right sentiments as you're, we're looking forward, we're making the right progress, right? We were talking about, we hope that they could get to 80, 81 wins, and that would be a home run, an absolute success of the season. I'm one of those guys though, when I look at how the course of the season is going, the success that you have and the, you know, inabilities and problems that this team had early and often to wait so long to make adjustments and address them. That was what kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But this team is understanding that there's a bright future ahead for these guys. And, you know, I like what they did bringing in. And I don't know if Paul Seawald's going to be the guy next year, but at least we have somebody that is solidified as a closer moving forward instead of doing this committee nonsense because it hasn't been working i like bringing in jace peterson because we already know that josh rojas was struggling at third base and he got sent down to triple a and he was there for a couple of weeks and it was just filling in with um you know evan longoria and our other guy who's been doing really well this year but give jace peterson an opportunity to split time there that's fine you know, he's had two starts and a pinch hit appearance so far since coming over. He's two of seven with an RBI. He is hitting only 222 on the year. So hopefully he starts ramping that up again. But then Tommy Pham, you know, talking about a veteran. And we've seen some struggles from Jake McCarthy and Alec Thomas in the outfield. So get a fresh face in there as well. He did go over three today. But, <laughs> you know, that's. Hey, he, he bats right handed. That's. You got exactly, and that's what we need. It's a yeah, an analytics thing because you know baseball is so analytic driven nowadays. I don't think that's a fucking phrase, but yeah, it was good getting a right-handed uh, bat in the outfield because it seems like everyone's just batting left-handed. So, um, but that's I cut you. I off. mean, no, I like how you talk <laughs> about you know analytics driven. I mean, it's like the Diamondbacks, not to the extent of having to truly moneyball it, but we're just not a franchise that has enough capital to spend like the Dodgers to spend like the Boston Red Sox. So we really have to rely on these kids that we're bringing up and good thing. We have a good farm system. You don't want to just tear it all the way down to the bare bones right now for a one-off guy like Shohei Otani, who you don't even know if he would be, you know, re-signed or anything like that plus i don't think we'd have the money to re-sign him for what he probably is going to get what billion dollars or some crazy yeah crazy no. contract half a billion dollars something like of that course, but of course not but hey i mean i know everyone's like go all in right you guys are doing good sell the farm for show hey <laughs> sounds late. great oh yeah no, <laughs> no shit but you know it sounds great coming out but um it's it's obviously it's that that's that was never in their plans. They they were never planning to be super splashy at the deadline or be super aggressive and make all these big name additions and like we knew that going in. Like we've said before, it's it's already a, a feather in their cap in that front office. Uh, I mean, everyone's job is safe. They've already been a success this season. You know, we've already seen substantial growth from these young guys and I mean the GM's probably uh, what's his name? Mike Hazen, right? He's probably having a grand old time sleeping great at night. Look at what he's put together. Who gives a shit if they miss the wild card right now? They're one and a half games out. I mean, you can already sell this to your boss that, Hey, this is a success. We've overcome every single expectation that this 
that the world had for this, uh, this baseball team. So, um, obviously they weren't going to be super aggressive, but Hey, gives you some hope. Even if we fall off and miss the, the wild card, the D backs only job this year was distract us, distract us, Arizona sports fans, just enough, just long enough until the football season starts and then you're okay. And they've successfully done that. Maybe they'll give us even more entertainment as we go into September and October. Who knows? Dude, it's a beautiful thing, man. It got us through, what, 45 plus days of 110 degree heat where we were, yes, paying attention to some, we were paying attention to something else other than the extensive heat that we were seeing. But, you know, Tolman, I think you just hit everything right on the perfect beats. I am a little bit frustrated still with how the team has been performing, you know, basically a week before the all-star break, but that's what happens, right? You want to see your team be successful. You want to see them go out there and put their best foot forward night in, night out. And this team has just been struggling. And to be honest with you, man, I think it's still going to be another couple of weeks of struggles as these new pieces start coming in. And Tori Lovello has his hands full trying to get these bats going again. You know, I, we saw him, switching up lineups a whole bunch today. I think he had Corbin Carroll leading off, you know, so it's, it's a work in progress, but I just hope they don't finish fourth, man. I think for them being in first place for a month to drop all the way down to fourth, that would be really sad at the end of the day. But as long as they can finish above 500, I guess we can call it a positive. So. Yeah. August is going to be a tough month, man. Uh, We're going to be playing the Dodgers twice and, almost forgot what it was like playing the Dodgers since we started the first two weeks of the season, the first two weeks of the season, playing them every single game. But just looking at the schedule, man, I, I think we're going to, we're either good. Okay. So August is either going to be great for D-backs fans or once August is over, we're going to sit here and go, okay, well let's, let's mail it in until next year. You know, it's, it's, it's done. It, Cause I mean, look at some of those matchups, man. We're playing some good baseball teams and we're playing some baseball teams that were, Pretty active at the deadline, I guess. Pretty active. Really, I'm only looking at the Rangers and maybe a little bit of the Dodgers. But you know, it's 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 really gonna it's really gonna tell us what, what does this team have? Can we get it back on track? And you know, I I'd, I'd rather sit here and be upset about a team that's not in first place than sitting here and being upset about a team that's in last place. So this is a great this is a great problem to have. It's it's new for us within the last couple of years. I love it, man. And, and like you said, it's almost like our destiny is in our hands, basically, because what we have 15 matchups against NL West opponents in August. You're looking at five against the Dodgers and seven against the San Diego Padres alone. I mean, that's the one that worries me Pay, playing San Diego seven times. If you lose both of those series, you're dropped to four real quick. And, you know, we got to play the Reds again. Texas is no slouch. Um, it's going to be a tough month, like you said, but excited to see where this team goes because we're not quite just yet to the football season. And I always look at it as week one, that's when everything really goes down because preseason, eh, I don't, I don't really, <laughs> really care about it. I don't know how you feel about it as much, but it's something that we've had to keep an eye on this year specifically as the Cardinals training camp is well underway. We're about, couple of days after a week full i think today was day eight yes, and we already started uh man there's some intensity going on out there with guys like uh michael wilson and second year cornerback christian matthew michael wilson putting it to him uh we got some noticeable guys out there tight end noah uh Togai. i probably said that wrong but he's continuing to show out at that tight end position with Ertz and mcbride sidelined and we've seen Clayton Toon running with the ones, man. It's crazy. Hey. But first Looney day Toon. of pads was on Tuesday, which was day six of camp. Tallman, talk to me, man. What are you hearing? What are you seeing out at Cards <sighs> training camp so far? I know it's it's early. We're about a weekend. But yeah, anything so, that's catching your eye? Yeah, I mean, I think I put in a text message to you earlier. I mean, it's it's hard to get excited about training camp when who cares about this season, but I digress. Um, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Michael Wilson. 
Man, I talk so much trash about that kid. In, uh, <laughs> you really in do, the draft man. thing. I did. And I think uh, even in one of our um, heat check uh, recorded audio only versions, I think I really, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got, you, you put, you put the dirty on uh, Christian Matthew twice in practice in practice. Christian Matthews, a two-year player, corner. We're talking about I, practice. Yeah, yeah, that, and you're going up against Christian Matthew, man. As I would say, hey, you you better you better respect your place, rookie, until you go up against some real talent. But that's just me going off how I just think he was a bad pick. But let's say some positives about him. Um, it seems like he's been everyone's favorite target out there. Um, he's been impressing a lot of player, uh, a lot of coaches. Uh, he's been making some plays. Um, obviously, you saw him with the fire, the the competitiveness out there, uh, John, with uh, Christian Matthews. So, hey, that's great. But can the kids stay on the field? Can he stay in the game? Can he stay healthy? Can he be on this team for the next three, four years without breaking five, 16, 14 legs? You know, like, come on, dude. So, uh, but you, you said that first. So that's what I wanted to start with. But I was watching some Gannon interview and he went out there and basically his quote was saying that the guys aren't going to feel great this week. So basically he's saying, Hey, I'm, I'm going to work your ass off mentally and physically. So first thing that comes to my mind is, okay, they're not going to like it. Well, what about some of these guys that have been on this team, been through that, uh, that cupcake cliff Kingsbury training camp. So that was promising to kind of hear him come out and say, Hey, I'm working these guys. This is going to be tough. You know, we're, we're going to, we're going to come together. We're going to build that culture that he's been talking about. Um, what else? Well, there's another thing that, that got me that, um, Oh, it's the, it was, uh, the Clayton tune thing, man. Another guy I was a little negative about when they drafted him. Um, just cause I was just a little bit. Cause I, I was thinking that, I think I was a little misinformed on how mobile this kid is. This dude can move in the pocket. I mean, he can he can run the same offense that Kyler Murray does, um, and he could throw the ball. So I, I mean, I know you you said when you did this, uh, uh, the segue into this, uh, I'm kind of excited about preseason because there's a possibility that that might be the only time that we see Tune for a while because we might see McCoy start Week One when. Really, I mean, you've we've I've said it multiple times. Tune should start. Tune should start week one. He should be. You should roll him out there. Why not? What do you got to lose, right? If anything, you got to lose more games. And obviously, this this team, this owner, this front office wants to lose more games, right? It's very obvious how the draft process went and the draft selections and trades that were made. It's very clear that we're planning for the future, as we've mentioned several several times, but. That's probably the only reason I'm going to watch the preseason is to watch Clayton Toon. Um, I know I heard McCoy's been throwing some picks, um, but you know he's he's the veteran guy, man, and it's practice, right? So he obviously is the most experienced. He's going to give us the best chance to win a game, but I don't think we want to really win games. But who knows? I mean, we're talking about a team that has very very low expectations. And it's it's that type of league. It's that any given Sunday, you know, we're still talking about professional athletes in the National Football League, where that team that's got nothing to lose, just loose cannon, man. I don't know. Um, the bar is really low. When the bar is really low, it's very easy to step over it. Mm-hmm. And maybe hopefully this team's going to be jumping over that bar, not just doing a little step step or you know sh- uh, shuffle over it. So my hopes are, I don't have hopes. I don't know. I don't know where to be. I'm not high. I'm not low. I'm nowhere. I'm not even on the spectrum. I don't know what to tell you, but Clayton Toon intrigues me. Kyler Murray. It's another, uh, another training camp without Kyler Murray. How many training camps has he been hurt or missed or he's, I feel like he's been hurt every single training camp. So that's, I I don't want to look man, because I think I would be (laughs) disappointed in the true numbers on that, but I know that he missed, was it last year he had COVID as well? Yeah, he had COVID. So and then he missed some he time wrist, with that. Wrist injury or something, I think. I, I don't know. Or maybe it was a – I don't remember. It was in the, the flight plan thing the Cardinals put out on YouTube where he was uh, talking about it. 
but you're i mean you're totally right man the bar is low what do they have the cardinals at four four and a half games i think i'm going over because there'll be some times where they just figure out ways to win uh when they shouldn't be but <laughs> yeah if there's an opportunity for this team to possibly get the first and second overall pick you don't want to win games but i i want this team to be competitive i want this team to Try and leave it out there. See what you got in these new guys. See what you can figure out with Isaiah Simmons. Hopefully he can be a, a part of this future of this team. And I think that was one of the other things that you brought up, which was a, a great point. It's been a culture shock for these guys. I mean, not only are the personalities of Jonathan Gannon and Monty Ossifor different, as well as our new defensive coordinators and uh, our offense, you know, with Drew Petzing. Sounds like he's going to try and make it a little bit easier for these guys. More two tight end sets with a running back, more dink and dunks, just getting guys into space earlier so we're not having to go through huge progressions with crazy deep shots because Kyler Murray can keep things alive. So it's going to be a whole different brand of Cardinals football, and we're already seeing it from training camp because, like you said, I think with Cliff Kingsbury, it was always – 8 eight thirty practice we go until 11 then we have our meetings and it's basically like you're done at 1 p.m and nobody's holding your hand you can stay for extra workouts extra work whatnot but you're free to go after that now everything is you're still coming in around eight o'clock we're doing all of our meetings in the morning we're getting all the practice work all the preparation watching our film before we hit the practice field so we can have all that kind of stuff fresh in our minds and we can really pinpoint to when guys are making, you know, incorrect decisions or making mistakes. You could say, hey, we literally just talked about this 45 minutes ago. It can't be flushed out of your brain that quick. So they're holding some of these guys to the fire. And that's what I love about this. But we got to talk a little bit more about who you're going to be thinking, honestly, gets the week one start at the QB position because we already know that Monty Austin Fort has made some, you know, glowing statements about Clayton Toon. I got a quote here. He said, Clayton's done great. He's come in and approached it like a pro. He's putting in extra time, putting in extra time with our coaches, with our players. It's the toughest position to play in professional football, probably the toughest position in professional sports. And I would agree, man. Quarterback, there's just so many different moving pieces that you got to be tuned in with, pun intended. So overall, Tallman, who do you think is going to be starting? Yeah, and the quote you had, it sounds like uh, sounds like Austin Ford had a very positive tune in his quote. Uh, no Love pun it. intended. What? What? Get out of here. Um, who is going to be starting? Or who do I want to start? What is the question? Who, uh, yeah. Who's okay? Fuck it, tune, man. But who's want gonna to be tuned? But who's gonna be starting? Sorry. Um, <clears throat> let me. Uh, God, I'm sweating my ass off in here. Fuck. Um. Uh, if if I had to bet on it right now, and everybody, ladies and gentlemen, they know that I'm a betting man. I'm betting Colt McCoy is gonna start. Um, he's gonna start the season just because he's an experienced veteran presence. Um, in the locker room, on the field, in practice, and training camp, I'm sure he's like an extra coach out there, right? Um, and Colt came back. I mean, I thought he was going to retire over the offseason. So he came back this year, which, I mean, he knew he was going into this season with uh, Kyla Murray down. And I think the only reason he came back was because he wants to play some football. And he, I don't think he came back to sit there and, you know, obviously he's going to mentor these kids because he's a good guy and he's not like some asshole Aaron Rodgers or I forgot the one guy that was a total douchebag about it. Um, Leaving Zach Wilson in the dust, man. Yeah. Right. Uh, but no, I, I think he's going to start. He's, he's going to give, I think we're going to, we're really going to have a good idea come week one, two, three, where we're at with Kyler Murray's return. And when I say we probably not the fans, I'm talking about the coaching staff. We'll probably have a good idea okay, where, when's, where's this return going to land? Are we looking at week five, six, seven, eight? Because you can't, I mean, football is that type of sport where you, you can't sell tanking to NFL players. You sure as hell can't sell it to your, your fan base, the people that are 
going to be lining up outside that stadium week one, waiting to put their ass in that seat to watch that game. And so paying more money. This yeah. Year. And paying more. Right. But when you're a football player, you, I mean, you're risking your, your health, you're risking everything, especially when you're one of those, uh, one of those edge guys, or I forgot the term, one of those guys that are not, you know, a surefire fit on the roster, or you're not going to have a spot. You don't have a spot on the team yet, or maybe you're playing your ass off to get that next contract, to get that money for your family, to set up generational wealth for your family, your kids, your kids, kids. Right. So you, it's, it's hard to sit there and say that you're putting your body on the line to go lose a football game, you know? So this coaching staff where my God, I, I just remembered how, how young the defensive coordinator is. Holy shit. Um, man, he's doing something right at 29. What the fuck am I doing? Um, I'm just, <laughs> don't get too down on yourself, man. I'm just kidding. Um, but this coaching staff is going to have that, uh, that mentality of, you know, they're all new at their job. They have zero experience at their positions. You know, they kind of, the expectations for them, that bar I talked about for the team overall is low for them too. All these old guys, you know, uh, I heard something earlier, you know, we know this Bruce Arians didn't get his first coaching job until he was like 60 years old, you know? So all these old guys where it's like, you got to put in your time to get that type of job. And you look at the Cardinals and are they going to get that respect from the rest of the league? I doubt it. I mean, add up, Add up uh, Gannon's age, Petsing's age, and Rallis's age. Fucking Bill Belichick's probably older than all three of them put together, which, no, he's not. But two of them together, definitely. But this this coaching staff is not going to have any expectations. So maybe they find lightning in a bottle. Maybe we surprise a hell of a lot of people. You know, and this team, obviously, I mean, we've seen it for the last couple months. ESPN, all the national people are writing them off. They have the worst roster on paper they have the least amount of talent oh they did so great in the draft because they might have two of the top five picks next year and they might be able to get caleb williams like how how would you feel if you're on that team right now obviously you want to come out here kick some ass you have a chip on your shoulder you're going to prove some people wrong so let's see if that happens and there's going to be growing pains we always know that when you have a brand new regime come in you know you're having brand new playbooks, brand new special teams, everything is just different. And I know we still have some familiar faces, but we got some guys that are going to be hurt to start the season. I mean, Trey McBride seems like he's not a hundred percent, even in the slightest, we're still going to be missing Zach Ertz, you know, Hollywood Brown still don't know his time frame Truly. I think he'll be ready for week one, but we have a lot of new guys, a lot of guys that are trying to prove something, like you said, put money on the table for their family. So these guys are going to leave it all on the field. And that's when we get to see some of, you know, the most exciting football, I would say. Not that it's going to be incredible <laughs> all the time. Like this team is going to struggle. But I think the only thing that we can ask for is that they put their best foot forward and they try and represent Arizona as best as they can. So looking forward to see what happened and I'll go back and answer my own question. Colt McCoy will be starting this year. I think we already talked about it could be week three, week four by the time Clayton tune is in, it could be really short lived. Unfortunately, it could be because of injury. Colt McCoy has that, you know, but Oh, would just love to see him get an opportunity, you know, within the time frame, because I don't think Kyler Murray is going to be back until, you know, week eight, week 10. I, I know he wants to come back a little bit earlier, but I think it's best for him to make sure he gets completely healthy, especially after his first ever severe injury like that. But, you know, for the people, man, if you guys are heading out to go see this team, we got red and white practice coming up this Saturday, August 5th at State Farm Stadium. They got autographs. They got in-stadium sweepstakes, and it's free. Me and Chris went last year. Always a good time to go and check out the squad. But, Tallman, are you ready for this first preseason game? I think it's against the Broncos. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even look at what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
When uh, is it? That's a great question. Yeah. Shit. Um, yeah, so it's Friday, August 11th, 7 p.m. Um, yeah, it's just it's crazy that the preseason, the preseason started today. It's it's always weird when football comes back or, right. or watching like that first game and you're just like, and then well, before you know it, it's almost over. Well, the other thing too is I have the connotation of a little bit cooler and colder when football is yeah. going on. Like <laughs> most of our recaps, right. I'm in a hoodie, and now yeah, I'm exactly. like, I got to take my pants off to do these recaps, man. It's so hot in here, man. Uh, but it's also still like, I still think it's like an adjustment for me that there's only three preseason games because there's 17 games in the season now, and I know that's been going on for a while, but it's still. Still something that's kind of odd to me. So, yep, Broncos on August 11th. Then we have the Chiefs on the 19th. Then we're going to Minnesota to play the Vikings. And we start against the Commanders on September 10th at 10 a.m. Ready to rock and roll, man. Tom, you got anything else on the Cardinals? Anything else you're excited about? Anything else you want to share about your favorite team? I know that's your bread and butter. Um. Trying to be positive, man. I'm trying to be positive. Um, if I could time travel, I would right now to next season. Just kidding. Um, yeah, I stoked for that first game of the season because, I mean, if you sit here and you look at that schedule for the Cardinals, first game looks like probably their their best chance to win a game. Um, so I'm excited to see if they can come out, be competitive against you know a team that's that they could, they could definitely play, hang in there and play with, um, you know, if you're just looking on paper at talent, I mean, who knows when, when you get the pads on, you get in the grass in between the lines, whatever the fuck you want to say. I mean, who knows um, how it's going to go. Like I said, any given Sunday, but uh, just to see how they come out and respond, the young coaching staff is just so intriguing. What's that play calling going to look like? And then if I have to jump ahead um, you know, a couple weeks in to the season, or like you said, maybe nine or 10 week, nine or 10, what does Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray look like in a different, uh, offense with a different offensive coordinator? Uh, those are really the things I've been looking forward to. As we know, it's a building year. How can, um, how can this season be a success without success coming in the win column? How can we grow and, uh, uh, actually develop as a team some of that core talent how can we get better this season to look forward kind of like the Diamondbacks, like we we're saying um how can we use this this season as uh, a jump forward for success next year and the year after that was long-winded i'm sorry but it was beautiful <laughs> it was beautiful Jeez. it's how a lot of cardinals fans should feel man you did mention the Washington Commanders, and this brings up a possible rumor that I did hear of recently. And so this will be our last item that we could talk about with the Cardinals. How would you feel if the Cardinals use some of their draft capital for next year to try and make a trade for Chase Young? He did just recently decline his uh, fifth-year option, or the Commanders declined it. Um, he's had some you know injuries and he's starting to get a little bit of a history now but you know i'm worried about our edge pressure and what we're going to really be able to muster up and this guy has shown that he can be dominant as long as he stays healthy just like a lot of guys right well, what would you say what if the cardinals made a play at a guy like chase young i mean obviously that's a home run well maybe not a home run great talent is it that an, an immediate upgrade at that position? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at what they're dealing with right now, I mean, what is our main, our best pass rusher going to be Zayvon Collins? I mean, fuck, but look what they did with Isaiah Simmons. They got him as a safety and where he struggled the most was in pass coverage. What are they doing? Who knows? Maybe they know something we don't know. Um, but obviously if what position that jumps out at you along with a handful of other ones, but mostly that position of uh, edge rusher jumps out at you because we lost some we lost a really good player in JJ Watt where he left a gaping hole and we didn't really do much to fill that. 
Um, I think it, like I said, I think it'd be a home run if they could pull that off. It'd be incredible. I mean, and you also have to think we also lost another guy who was an uppercomer in Zach Allen. Yeah. So, oh, that would be um, that one makes me salty too. Interesting, to say the least. But I feel like the draft capital that would probably have to go um, would be. Hmm, you might lose one of those top picks that if we're talking about possibly getting the first and second overall pick, I don't know. You uh, might have to then it's not worth it. And uh, right. that's kind of, that's second kind of round pick at. maybe, but those, those two picks in the first round next I, year, I, I, think, I think they're untouchable. And I think that's where I'd be at too, just with his injury yeah. history and just the unknown from him right now. But well, if Steve you know, Kime was here, you know, who knows, man. <laughs> He'd be he'd be yeah. on the phone calling Dan Gilbert because he because yeah. he would have forgot that he's not the owner anymore. Exactly. He'd have maybe 10 of these and fuck it. He'd get both the first round <laughs> picks for Chase Young. Why not? He loves Dan Snyder. Oh wait, is he the owner anymore? Anyway, or, oh, I said Dan Gilbert. That's the Cleveland Cavaliers oh, owner. <laughs> Dan Snyder. I think that's I finally even... finishing up, hopefully. I don't know. It, I feel bad. It sounded for good fans, to me. Yeah, but... I, I didn't even catch it. So but you guys know we'll be keeping up on the Arizona Cardinals. We have to make it out to a game. Well, I specifically, I think, Tallman, you went to a couple last year. I wasn't able to make it out last year, but yeah, I did. we'll be able to do some content out there. We're going to be having an NFL season preview stream coming up probably in about two weeks. Then we're going to have our NFL um, fantasy football draft like we did last year. Hopefully we can up the production and have some fun on that again, but Excited for the Cardinals to get rolling even farther than they already are. But Tallman, I got one last item for you. It's probably the team, either than the Coyotes, that is the farthest removed from the season truly starting. But we saw that the Phoenix Suns have created some brand new jerseys for 2023-2024 in their Association and Icon editions, which are available now. They were announced this week with some pretty cool marketing from the Phoenix Suns department over there. Shout out, Cody. Um, but Tallman, right off the bat, how are you feeling about these? I just I just bought a jersey last year. What does that mean? Well, kidding. you could you could still wear it. <laughs> I, but... I, I know. Um, I think they're cool. Um, I like that uh, the retro kind of sunburst. So they're really you know, going around with that, that sunburst. I think it's great. Does it look very similar to some things I think they've had in the past? Absolutely. But you know, makes more money. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't, I guess jerseys don't really get my juices flowing as, as much as other people. Um, pure example, obviously this is way better than what the Cardinals did with their new Jersey. Um, I know. And then basketball, I think you're, I was here and they usually get new jerseys every season, right? Or so basketball, basketball is interesting, man, because they have your like kind of your set home and away jerseys, right? And that's what it sounds like is the plan for these. This is going to be something that's going to be five year minimum. So, you know, the white and purple jerseys that we saw from the Phoenix Suns. Over the past couple of years, those ones are gone and these ones are coming in and they're to stay for a while. But then they have, um, oh my goodness, what is it? They have a city edition, which was the native jerseys that they had last year, the season. And then they also have um, oh, like a trademark. I can't exactly remember what it was called, but that's what the Valley jerseys were. And that's what the black PHX, which was, you know, kind of similar style to the Valley jerseys, um, association statement, jer a statement jersey. I think that's my what it's called. And those, the statement ones, it just depends. And those in the city are the ones that like switch in and out every single year. Like you can talk about the Miami Heat. They have their like Miami Vice colorway ones, you know, with the cool baby blue lettering and the pink and the black and all those different ones but this is going to be the staple man this is what the phoenix suns are going to be known for for the, at least the next five years and 
Dude, honestly, I'm all about it. I mean, after them bringing back the sunburst from the 93 season last year in celebration of the 30 years, I was really getting my nostalgic juices flowing. And I was just like, why can't they have this every year? Like, why can't that be the statement jersey? And it's because the NBA basically has a practice in where it's like they don't want to be reissuing those jerseys on a consistent basis. They can follow it up you know, within the timeframes to celebrate a 30 year or something like that. But that's why we didn't see those come back. And it was only a one year thing last year, but sounded like they wanted to incorporate it. So they listened to my prayers and I'm super excited to have these back. Yeah, they're, they're great. And yeah, dude, your, your juices really got flowing there. Holy shit. Dude, and I'm not, I'm with you, right? I'm not like the biggest like Jersey enthusiast. Yeah. I know that Twitter is all ablaze and they have, you know, sons accounts of guys doing mock-ups or, you know, the rumors that they're hearing and whatnot. And a lot of people are super in tune and tapped in with all that. I could go either way, but when it's something that I do, uh, you know, get a nice feel for i'm gonna give some love to it but as we see a porpoise lover he is underwhelmed <laughs> by these jerseys hey you're entitled to your opinion i love them chris don't like them but this might be one that i actually end up buying one of because it's been a couple of years since i bought one so all right tallman do you got anything else right. for the people anything else about valley sports or anything on your mind uh before we call it a night um can't no not not really except uh hopefully i can keep kicking ass in fantasy baseball son of a and hopefully that carries over into the football fantasy part right and if y'all are watching make sure you watch that fantasy football draft it's always fun as hell you know who you got to dethrone, right? I mean, you're talking to the two-time yeah. champ right now. Yeah, get out of here. That's like, <laughs> I think, three wins in five years, something like that. I mean, you got really? your oh, uh, you got your work cut out for you, sir. But yeah, well, hey, to, so this is the key. This all right. So if you're drafting for a fantasy football team, your first six picks have to all be running backs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Let, how'd no, that, let, how'd no. that go for you? No. Listen, listen to me. That is the secret. You draft all running backs, and you're you're going to be good. You'll well, be because, good because then you say, "Well, then I'm going to have all the guys that people want to trade for." But then you never trade no, anybody. I, I know. And I'm, then you just SOL. I didn't do very good last year, so that, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm making a. I'm making a funny, Mister. I'm not going to give any of my secrets away to you, Tallman. Okay. Because right. it sounds like the buy-in's going up this year, so. You know what? You know what? With that being said, that last one, <laughs> I, I'm done for the night. <laughs> oh, he's got a point. Well, I'm that's so, fine. I'll take yeah. the asterisk. It'll be a bubble championship for me. But Tallman, hey, man, this was a lot of fun. This is the first yeah, time yeah. that you and me hopped onto the stream together. Appreciate you, brother. A lot of stuff going on in the Valley, even though the Diamondbacks are really the only ones that are playing right now. But we're going to keep an eye on everything. Make sure you guys are coming back. We got weekly live streams. We got recaps. We got everything going on at AZ underscore VSP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Make sure you like and subscribe here on YouTube at Valley Sports Plug. Man, keep it rolling, Arizona. I can't wait for football to come back, man. I am chomping at the bit. And with that being said, chomping. this was Michael Benjamin. That's VSP Tallman. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.